Hi, everybody. We are coming to you uh, in minutes after the first DMB show at Forest Hills Stadium in Forest Hills wrapped it up. And what a night. Oh I gosh. am blown away. Like, not expecting that at all. I know. We are wet because it so rained. Wet. It poured. We got JTR. And we cannot wait to tell you so much about tonight. So fun. You're listening to The, the Pod that Jane Likes. Reporting live from the rail in Hartford, this is Trish. I'm here with Emily and Anthony and Renee, and we're so excited. Oh my God, I have really good seats, guys, and I'm just so grateful right now, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. You're listening to The Pod that Jane Likes. This is a DMB Society podcast. I got a little sister named Jane. And this is the pod that Jane likes. And now, here are your hosts, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt, and Sean. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod that Jane likes. It's Matt back at it with the rest of the PTJL crew. Trisha, Jeanette, and Sean, what is going on, everybody? Woo! Yeah. Hi! Hello. We're tired. Tired. You guys, you guys had a week. The pod had a week. Um, it, it was a busy week uh, in the land of DMB, and especially in the land of the pod that Jane likes. Uh, so much so that we felt like we needed to alter the format a little bit this week. So instead of our normal three segments, we're going to have just a little a little chat about all the things that went on this past week in the land of DMB, in the land of the pod that Jane likes. So we're going to call this our little fireside chat. Everyone, pull everyone up a chair, a pull up a blanket, yeah. Yeah. gather <laughs> around. Whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> Dark beer, maybe high ABV. Guitar. We're just, just gonna yeah, have a little yeah, little, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Gather round, gather round. <laughs> so uh, we've got so much to talk about. Uh, before we dive into it, um, I just wanted to say if uh, you're a fan of uh, of us of this podcast, which hopefully you are, after you listen to this episode, hopefully we don't scare anybody away. Um, please give us a follow on uh, at Pod that Jane Likes on Instagram. Uh, subscribe, share with your friends, um, buy a shirt, uh, come see us at a show. Uh, do all of those things, and uh, we we really appreciate all of the support. Um, and uh, so, uh, first thing we wanted to uh, mention as well is we have a lot of. Uh, episodes at this point. This is episode 35. There are 34 other ones out there for your enjoyment, plus a couple of bonuses, um, specifically related to uh, the land of DMB this week. Uh, Trisha, Jeanette, and Sean were at the Irving Plaza Dave Solo show last week that was put on by SiriusXM, and they recorded um, a great little recap um, after the show, uh, kind of fresh. So uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Irving Plaza this week because uh, because they had recorded that last week. So go check that out. That's episode 34, um, uh, which was the last one that uh, that we put out. So go go check that out. The first thing we we want to dive right into, though, uh, right off the bat, is uh, and and this was all there was so much happening last week that we really wanted to spend a little bit of time on Dave's interview with Howard Stern. 
this is the second time that Dave has been on Howard. Uh, they went uh, two hours at least, I think. Right, guys? Yeah, like I don't, I was, two hours. I yeah. felt like the time just flew by as it I was really did. But... I, re- I remember looking down and being like, oh, my God, it's been an hour and a half because I was <laughs> yeah. so involved in it, you know? There was a lot of good stuff. Um, there were some performances. There were some deep dive questions. There was some nostalgia for some DMB fans like myself, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I think we each had uh, uh, a, a piece of that interview that kind of hit us a little bit differently. Um, and, and that really hit us in a way that we wanted to spend a little time talking about it. Um, so I'm going to start with Jeanette here. Jeanette, what was the big moment of the Howard interview that really uh, that really got you that you wanted to uh, talk about? Well, for me, it was straight off the bat. I think Howard brought up the night that James Brown came out at Madison Square Garden. And, um, you know, I've heard Dave talk about it here and there, very short snippets here and there. But for him to go in full detail of what that night was like for him from his side, um, mm. being there, being in it, being in the room that night and hearing Dave say that he could feel the garden bounce was like pure validation for me because mm. I say that all the time because I totally felt the the building shake and bounce up and down. And for him to say that too, I was like, wow, we were re- like, we were all in that room, 20 something thousand people all on the same page. What a memory. That the, the garden, we, the garden was rocking so hard that you could feel the ground going, you could feel it going up and down. The crowd was just, it would, you could feel the stage going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it was physically moving. You can feel it just watching the video. And even just, just to hear the his awe of James Brown and, and getting to perform with him and and hearing how Howard has watched the video so many times and really knew, mm-hmm. like really understood what how, how big of a deal that was for not just Dave, but for the fans. Um, it really felt, it was really, it, it really put me right back in, it really core memory unlocked like right there. Like it was such, it was so great. I I had the biggest smile on my face. We were thinking about you because yeah, you sure. know Jeanette, <laughs> Jeanette will bring up this James Brown performance all the time. So that was cool to hear it from Dave's yeah. perspective too. And for, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, this is the 2002 winter tour at MSG. Um, the band played two nights there. And the second night, was it the Encore, Jeanette, or was it right before the Encore? I think it was the Encore, right? It was right right before the Encore. Right before the Encore. Yeah, it was the Um, closing song. uh, The band uh, was joined by James Brown and some of his band Mm -hmm. members, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And they covered Sex Machine, and uh, it was epic. And Dave and James Brown had a dance-off. There was fan video of this that uh, I believe Copper Pot on YouTube had put up, but a few years ago, uh, the band released this as a live tracks, right, Sean? Yes. Yeah. So if you haven't heard it, it's it's live tracks forty, and and the cool thing about it being live tracks forty is at the moment that is the cutoff for the DMB live tracks that are available on streaming services. Mm. Uh, streaming services. So live tracks forty available. You could purchase it, but it's also on Apple Music, Spotify. You know, you name it. Cool. You can also purchase the DVD of the show. So you can yes. actually yeah, DVD watch as well. the off, whole which is show. Awesome. Yeah. Um, While I was this there conversation, the night before. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was just I was about to say that. Before, While this conversation was going on, I get I get two <laughs> 
completely different text messages. I get one text <laughs> message from Sean that's like, oh my God, are you dying right now? I'm, I can't stop thinking about it. you must be so excited, blah, blah. And then I get another text message from Matt that says, <laughs> all right, move it along with the James Brown talk. And I'm like, excuse me? That is the most curmudgeon thing you've ever said. But then I find out why Matt said that. <laughs> I had one of the worst. The two little people on your shoulder, Jeanette. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had one of the worst uh dmb experiences uh my now wife and one of my best friends we drove down to new york city to see only night one because that was all we get tickets Ugh. for we were in like the very last row touching the ceiling behind the stage that's where i was and, for James Brown. <laughs> oh amazing um and our car broke down in milford connecticut just completely oh. broke down on the oh. side of the road. we drove down there day of show and we had to get towed and yeah. the tow truck driver who picked us up uh, was bald except for uh, his ponytail. So completely bald, <laughs> just the ponytail on the back. And um, he uh, was the nicest guy in the world, drove us to the auto body shop and then gave us a ride to the train station. And so we had to take a train from Milford, Connecticut, all the way into the city. We eventually made it there. I mean, like me, like. You know, we talk about our like day of show anxiety. Like I was oh, God. Uh -huh. through the roof. This is like show number eight, probably for me or something. Oh, yeah, right, too. right. Wow. And so I was like, all right, we made it. We did it. Show was fun. You know, show was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we're driving or we're taking the train back the next day and going to pick the car up. And like, you know, we're driving home and I'm watching the set list. And, uh, or actually at that point, I don't think it, we didn't have. I got home and then I checked the set list right. and saw what happened. And. Oh, that is was... yeah i'm sorry so, that sucks that move it along suck. yeah move, move it along, along. <laughs> move it along <laughs> it was very funny though but it's awesome it's it's um you know one thing that happened to me in this interview a couple times is that uh the nostalgia really kicked in because a lot of times i talk about on the podcast where you know it's it's a different band or you know there's things that just aren't the same etc but for me to hear Dave talk about things that happened a long time ago, really, for sure. whatever reason, gets me um, excited, you know, for to, to listen to the storytelling or or whatever, um, because it's not something that's about, you know, we've we've heard so much about Walk Around the Moon. We've heard about, you know, all of the we've read the GQ interviews. We've, you know, listened to the Howard Stern interviews, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's it's awesome to hear stories that were, you know, almost like dmb folklore being um you know appreciated by dave and acknowledged by dave i thought that that was really cool absolutely um so uh i will kick it now to uh to trisha uh, i know you had a highlight of the howard um the howard show in general uh what did you want to share it actually didn't have anything to do with the interview really it was uh that madman's eyes solo i thought it was so excellent his voice was excellent it was the first time i think we heard it solo mm -hmm. um and the cool thing I, I thought that was just so cool is that <clears throat> you know we heard Badman's eyes live they've kind of perfected it live then the album came out we heard it on the album we heard dave and tim play it and then just to get a completely different version on air like that that was so clear and tight and crisp the guitar was a 12 string is what my pod mates tell me yeah mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Made it sound like a completely different song, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it was so yeah. much fuller. It was so full for be, him being alone like that. It felt so full. Can't lie. Mama said, baby, don't you cry in the dark. Be the light. Don't let go, baby. Hold on tight. To believe it's blind. Don't sacrifice another child. It's not black and white. That's we're looking through a madman's eyes. incredible and you know there's so many instruments in that men's eyes and there's right. so many sounds and to sh- strip it down like that um i thought it was perfection and i just that stuck with me the whole week honestly um it was a great performance great performance so that was i my thought highlight. dave's vocals were really yes. good on everything that he played and um you know we heard him say after they did the today show a long time ago that uh they would never do another um uh, they would never do another morning show because of that, because, you know, it was too much to get all warmed up and 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 do all of that so early in the morning vocally, et cetera. But um, I really thought that Dave was spot on. And Sean, I know you had uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, Sean's connection to this interview in a different way in a little bit. But Sean, what was your um, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, from the Howard interview? Well, I think um, the the first big takeaway for me um, wasn't necessarily anything that took place, but I just kind of wanted to bring it into the conversation, and that is how Howard has this ability with his guests, and I think musicians are at the very top of the list of just kind of putting them in this space that allows um, the listener to get such a raw and what feels like very genuine take about that person's life. Mm-hmm. He, he does this time yeah. and time and time again. Um, even if you're not a fan uh, or an avid listener of the show, I think if you're a music fan, you, you would be wise to go back and listen to some of the, even in the last couple of years, some of the interviews that he's done uh, that have really stood out to me. The, the Bruce Springsteen one um, garnered so much um, notoriety. That interview was fantastic, but there's so many other great ones from Paul McCartney to Eddie Vedder to Lizzo, you, you name it. Um, he does such an incredible job with that. Now this is the second time we've got to see it with Dave, but in terms of the moment for me in that, you know, two hour interview, I am, um, a sucker for any time that the topic turns to Dave's influences, his musical influences. Well, my first love uh as a well i think my first love was the jackson five um because i found the record and then i when i started to obsess about music i was real i was pretty young i found some beetle records and and but i think my next love was cat stevens like after after the beatles and then you know then it exploded but i was real small but i was obsessed with the beatles then i was really obsessed with Cat Stevens. I mean, he was. I got to induct him into the the writers songwriters Hall of Fame, and I was I was losing my mind. Um, and I just loved that part of the interview. Um, I know for me, as um, as it would happen to be, mo- most of what Dave talked about are uh, bands that you know I kind of 
um, grew up in listening to and idolizing the Beatles and Cat Stevens and so on and so forth. Like that, that was very much like my lane as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not be a musician, but as a person who consumes music, that that was kind of my jam. So I think that was kind of my my favorite part in in listening to not only the fact that those were acts that influenced him, but kind of going the next step and talking about specifically what song that there was a lengthy conversation about father son. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was just such, such quality conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, Howard, uh, Howard has a great secondary question always once he put, Mm -hmm. once he, he brings something up in a different interview, that might be the end of that topic, but Howard always goes in for that second question. And I think he does it exceptionally well. Um, you know, Howard and I went to the same communication school, so um, uh, he must have he's taking some pointers yeah. from the pod that Jane likes. In general, <laughs> does that, but um, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like you know when when he would say something, and I don't listen to a ton of Howard. I've listened to the you know the these interviews that have garnered a lot of. Um, appreciation for him but uh yeah you know like he says like yeah and that really pissed you off or like that got you excited or whatever and like you can just you can just feel like the the layers being ripped away from Uh the person being like oh it's like i'm just talking to my buddy you know Mm -hmm. and so they they are just so free to share Mm -hmm. um you know, and they do of different and they do yeah they share you know they he makes them comfortable enough that they share it's a it's a it's a gift i mean obviously it's a gift gift, yeah it's uh you know he's top notch obviously um and i'm going to i'm going to segue that right into what i wanted to talk about which uh which is uh some of the influence that dave talked about um he played a uh very raw one verse version of i'll back you up because he was talking to howard about um uh, about the first song he wrote and uh, how he still feels like it's one of the best songs that he ever wrote. And what I found so interesting and borderline mind blowing about this is um, as a longtime DMB fan, um, back in the day, we all learned about uh, this woman in Dave's life, Julia Gray. There's been, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like mystical uh, mm-hmm. stories seemingly about her and she was the inspiration for both the songs I'll Back You Up and Halloween. So that gives you kind of a um, uh, an idea of the... Where, where the relationship went? <laughs> of where the yeah. relationship came and went. Um, it's we also know that, that Dave we, proposed to her three times. Three times, yes. No, yep, times, there's, yeah. there's also rumors, although nothing has been confirmed, that Gray Street was about her. And that the reason that it's spelled G-R-E-Y as opposed to G-R-A-Y is because of her, the way that she spelled her last name. That has not been confirmed by anybody anywhere, but we can speculate. Mm-hmm. So we anyways, love a story. Th- we love a story. <laughs> the thing that really got me is that Dave talked about her on this, uh, on this Howard interview. And then he said that his wife, Ashley, has met and hung out with Julia Gray. Like that is unbelievable. Like the woman who inspired the song, I'll back you up and Halloween has met and hung out with Dave's now wife. I mean, that the woman who like, has inspired every other song. The woman who has inspired every other DMB right. song. 
his main two muses are yes fun. exactly yeah and and if, i mean like this is just uh, you know i i was thinking back to to like to uh uh, scrolling on nancy's.org which was one of the original right, right. dmb websites and they had this long faq about like who is this person and who is this person so that you could learn about like who fenton was and like what mm-hmm. miller's was and what charlottesville was and that dave was from south africa and all this sort of stuff and like i'm just picturing me like typing on my computer learning about that and then like then this moment just took me right <laughs> back to like That's the first really time bad. i learned about julia gray and i was like it, you know, like the mind blow emoji, you know, I was just like, he's talking about her right now. And his wife has met her and hung out like what? I still, I still obviously, you know, I, I'm getting fired up here right now. About this, but like, this is this was like this was really big news for me. Yeah. Wow. And we, we also you could toss in there the context of when the song was written. And Dave mm-hmm. talked about the fact that I, I guess for a lot of people, and, and you could throw myself into this, the song lyrically comes off as like a really um, happy-go-lucky, high watermark of the relationship, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if you go back and you read through those lyrics, and then when that part of the discussion got brought up on Howard, Dave was basically saying, this was kind of my Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship was on the rocks. Things were just about over. And he cracked a joke, something to the extent of, I wrote this, I played it for her, And she was like, cool, awesome, thanks. See you later. And then he quickly added in, I'm glad it worked out the way that it did. Yeah. But it was like, it was like, <laughs> oh my, like, right. you know, just the amount of passion that's in both of these songs in both directions is just, you know, just, just crazy. So someone find Julia Gray. We need her as our first guest. Yes, Julia Gray, <laughs> yeah. if you are listening to us. Please get in touch. We would love to uh, pick your brain on a few little nuggets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, Howard and Dave went for about two hours. If you have not listened to it, definitely go listen to it. Um, there's a full video interview now as well. Um, there's some highlights on Instagram. There's highlights on YouTube. But if you have the app, you can go in and watch the whole interview, um, which I uh, I definitely want to do because um it was great. Uh, and as I said, this is the second time that Dave's gone on Howard, you know, hopefully it, it happens again. Um, you know, this, uh, uh, I forget, do you guys remember if the, f- was the first interview around come tomorrow or it was yes, completely it was 2018. 2018. Yep. Okay. So we might have a little bit of a wait if, uh, if Dave's going to, <laughs> Dave's going right. to go on there again until the next uh, studio album. But, um, you know, it's, it's always great when, when we have these glimpses in, uh, to the inside as to, to how things work. Um, so switching gears now, uh, but not totally switching gears. Uh, we had a big, uh, a big moment on Sirius XM this week as well. Uh, in an exclusive interview, uh, Sean sat down with John Lieberman, um, who is on Sirius XM on channel 101, uh, who does recaps of Howard Stern interviews and was interviewed about, uh, some follow-up questions to Dave's interview um, and was opened for by Warren Haynes <laughs> and John DeEarth, Charlottesville legend, John DeEarth, DMB legend, John DeEarth. Um, and Sean was, uh, was awesome on there. Sean, what do you want to tell us about uh, John Lieberman and the interview and um, you know, what were your highlights? I had, uh, I, I enjoyed every second of what you, yeah 
were doing. You were so good. You were so good, Sean. (laughs) You know, I jokingly said to the three of you earlier that if I had known that that entire uh, show that John was putting on was going to open with Warren, my request to John would have been if if Warren's the opening act, then you know it, it should be Blue Water. Like we we want to hear Blue Water. <laughs> so if if there's ever a part two of that interview, um, that that's that's going to be my request. But uh, kidding aside, it, it was it was a really great experience. Um, John and and his team uh, over at Howard 101 were really great to work with, super professional, um, and and it was just a really um, enjoyable. Um, interview. It, it, it was fun to chat about the band, to chat about the podcast a little bit. Um, John is is very much a DMB fan. I believe he said he is, he's in the 40-ish range with the number of shows he's been to. So, um, you know, definitely a legitimate fan and, and had an awful lot of fun talking about the band. And if you, the listener, are um, a fan of the band, and, and you probably are if you're listening to our podcast, <laughs> I would recommend going and listening on demand to that whole show um, because, as Matt mentioned, Warren Haynes is on it and John Durther on it is and on it. Um, on and Sean Barletta is on it. Society. If you're short on time, you want to pay attention to those first two guys. And if you've got absolutely <laughs> nothing to do, you could listen to, you know, the end of the episode. No, I mean, listening um, to it from our perspective, too, it, you know, it was very cool to hear Warren talk about the band and John talk about the band because John is, was pretty much yeah. really good from the beginning, right? Yeah. But to get a fan's perspective, not just because I know you and because you represented the pod, but just to get a fan's perspective was really cool. And it was a really, the the way he put, the way John Lieberman put together this episode was, was fantastic and brilliant. Yeah, I thought and, it was um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Good. And we very thank good. you for representing the pod. Yeah, of course. It, it was fun. It was uh, a really nice little, um, you know, cherry on top of what was a, a really uh, memorable 24 hours between the Howard interview, the Dave solo performance at Irving Plaza that same night, and then uh, kind of to recap all of that was John's show. So it, it, it I thought it did a fantastic job of kind of, um, you know, recapping what was a, a pretty memorable 24 hours. And memorable 24 hours, guys, you had a memorable week <laughs> while I was Ooh. sitting here <laughs> in the confines of my home. Uh you know, crying, sending you guys crying uh, gifts every day because it just seemed like it was like better and better every day that uh, that uh, that you guys were doing stuff. Um, you had the Howard interview. You had Irving Plaza. And then the three of you hit up Forest Hills. Yeah. On last Friday, uh, which the venue seemed awesome. Uh, the set was cool as well really memorable moment which i'll let you guys touch on um and then uh trisha went to hartford uh on saturday so let's start with forest hills highlights jeanette go oh well i mean (laughs) let's paint the picture a little bit forest hills is an old um tennis where the u.s open used to used to take place it's an old tennis uh, stadium um i believe it was built in 1923 um and you can tell it's got that old really old feel um these really cool gargoyles on the side of the stage um it's really it's a really cool venue um great vendors great beer vendors food vendors um and then you walk into that that half bowl and it's like just a gorgeous venue all open air um all open, all yep. open air 
Um, it's also smack dab in the middle of a, a neighborhood. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, but you're literally walking past people's like windows while you're walking through the venue. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's a really cute little neighborhood too. bars, restaurants. You know, there's a train station. Everybody takes the train in. It's just a really like really cool community to, to just enter into before you walk into the show. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain the 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 moment of the night when the i mean i don't even know if there was rain in the forecast but the skies opened up during walk around the moon and um uh, it was the i i i think that on last week's episode i told i said that i turned around to trisha at Irving plaza and said that was my most favorite walk around the moon ever well i lied because for <laughs> my most favorite walk around the moon ever because Right. It seems like every time they went into it was blue, it was red. It started to rain harder <laughs> and everybody was just screaming it at the top of their lungs. your earlier point, Jeanette, um, just so people could kind of visualize this, it's not a, it's not like a standard amphitheater where the entire seating bowl is covered. Right. It's people all over People are getting drenched yep. during Walk Around the Moon. Everyone. Yeah. And you Everyone can see the rain. Like it's one of those kinds of rains where like the rain is, you can see it. It's like, so the band knows we're all getting drenched. And not <laughs> only that, like the, it was one of those rains where like the, the, the raindrops were like super big. It almost yeah. felt a little bit like yep. hail. Like you were like, why Why yep. is it hurt? Like the raindrops <laughs> were so big. So then, I mean, that was incredible. And, you know, next song, we're waiting for the next song to come on. People start chanting JTR. It wasn't that loud because I didn't really hear it. I just noticed that they, they were all just standing there looking at each other. And I was like, he's going to switch his guitar. He's about to switch mm-hmm. his guitar. Mm-hmm. And then that 12 string came out and we knew we knew before those chords what was going to happen. He did it in 2012 at Jones Beach. It was song number five after uh, Jimmy Thing. It was amazing. On it was amazing. It. Yeah. Just because you I weren't mean, everybody, there, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Everybody said, like, oh, my God, JTR. I was like, actually, Moon. Moon in the Rain yeah. was almost even. It, I, when JTR started, I felt very loved by the band, and that was super cool mm-hmm. and, like, that was a moment, but really it was moon, like you said. And it's funny, Jeanette, I remember thinking too, like, wow, that solo walk around the moon at Irving Plaza was really incredible. But then 
Nope. Then you need nope. You got to get pelted in the face. <laughs> yep. You got apparently. <laughs> Either way, I felt like I was on the moon. I felt like that yep. that that stadium was just so different and unique. In Absolutely. Ways, just because it was so open air, I felt like I was in like a coliseum or something. Yeah. <laughs> like I just felt like I was. It felt like I was up on a hill in the forest. <laughs> And it was raining. I just, I'm just trying to explain to you that it felt like another planet. It right, felt like we right. were like slopeability another. report. <laughs> Slope another yeah. planet. Another. Planet. That's, that's the overall grade is another planet. <laughs> I felt like I was on the moon. It was very appropriate. It was just, it was so much fun. It was just so it much. It really fun. was, and I haven't, I haven't gotten stuck in the rain at a Dave show in a really long time like that. Like I've been in the rain, but there hasn't, there hasn't been like just downpour like that um probably yeah. since the the giant stadium show with the two step in the rain like i haven't felt it like that since then you know like that was that pure moment like that pure happiness um getting drenched mm-hmm. and not caring and like not just caring get, yeah just make me more drenched i don't care like you just don't and everybody singing rain down on me on the top at the top of their lungs is just oh it's incredible incredible the way that the weather um, cooperated, I guess, if you will, it seemingly stopped after JTR. As then. soon as JTR was over, as soon as it was over. Linger, it- Bro, as soon as it was over, it was like, it was like, we're in another world, dude. It was so sad. But imagine that. It just stopped raining after JTR. Yeah. And thank God, because, you know, it was a lot of rain. And that would have been too much rain to stay in any longer, really, truly. Yeah, because it was like, cold. It started to get a little cold. I was chilling. Had, we got poured on for two songs. So, like, yeah. that was such a high. Like, yeah, it, it really was such was. a high. And then the other high, I think, from that night. Well, I always like when we're getting crash, but that encore, Monsters yes. Granny Crush. Mm-hmm. What? Very innovative encore, I felt. Yes, different. Yeah. Loved it. Three songs. I feel like that, you know, they had to start early because, like, as I mentioned, the, the stadium is in the middle of a neighborhood. So the curfew is like sh- real strict and tight. Like, they want these people out of there. Um, so they started at seven. I, the band, I think Dave walked out on stage at 7 11. So, I mean, they yeah. were really close to the seven yep. o'clock. But then I think, like, by 9 30, like, they play, they probably were like, oh, we got time. Let's throw in another song because. JTR was because Monsters on, wasn't on the set, right? Exactly. Neither was yeah. JTR. So basically, oh. two songs were added. Are these highlights? Right. JTR and Monsters, they, they were not on the set list. Right. So I think that there was, they were definitely like, they, they, they were giving us what we wanted and what we deserved. And like, look at these poor souls standing in the rain. And we're going to give them a JTR. We're going to give them an extra song. We have time. We're going to give them an extra song in the, in the encore. And, and like you said, how innovative, like to end with crush. Like that's, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Sean, has that ever happened? Never happened. Uh, crush has never been the final song of an encore. Wow. Um, and to Jeanette's point about, you know, being very aware of where they were at timeline wise, they it would have been easy to end the show after granny you've gotten yourself two encore songs and you call in a night dave says thank you to everybody and you move on instead they go into crush and if you uh listen to that version there's not that normal stefan intro right so they got done with granny they begin crush but crush there there isn't the solo it's just stefan playing you know that the most iconic yep. bass line that he has mm-hmm. and then the band joins in and uh it was it was a pretty incredible uh pretty incredible way to end end a really special friday night show 
Speaking of the the Friday night concert series, one thing that I want to just quickly add in is you never miss the Friday night show. (laughs) Friday night show, a massive catalog, right? So when you are adding a new song, you're not talking about a band that has, you know, 20 or 30 songs. The, The catalog is massive. So A, their ability with a catalog that massive to just bust out JTR was special. But the Friday night concert series, I think, is also notable that you're willing to bust out a brand, you know, a song that has not been played yet this year, wasn't on the set list, as far as we know, wasn't sound checked. Probably unrehearsed, right? Yeah, yeah probably unrehearsed. And then you're busting it out live on Sirius XM. Um, it you was know, not just on a, the set a really list. cool happening. Yeah, and and listening at home, uh, I have to say, as I was like, you know, crying at home while you guys were there. <laughs> uh, uh, when JTR was played, um, you know, and, and you guys were texting me about the rain and stuff. Uh, I was expecting uh, not the best. I was expecting like an unrehearsed version of JTR, which is like, you know, it's a, it's not the most easy song in general. There's different parts and, and the jam at the end. Uh, but like everybody was spot on. It's that the recording was great. I thought it was uh, exceptional actually for, you know, for a song that was just added in, um, you know, at the last minute. So props to the band for that. Uh, I thought, I thought it was great. And then we had uh, Trisha. Content- Trisha was not done after the Friday no, Night Combat series. She <laughs> needed to go to the armpit of uh, New England, Hartford, Connecticut, <laughs> uh, to see DMB Saturday Night. Uh, Trisha, what were your thoughts about that show? Uh, I think I know uh, the big thing you're going to say. Uh, I think you're. Tell us everything. Sure. Well, I'll say, uh, big week for us personally. Uh, Jeanette at Irving Plaza celebrated her 25th year of seeing the band that came full circle, which was huge. Yeah, that was pretty Uh, huge. What a way to celebrate 25 years. Yeah. And I celebrated my 100th show at Yes. So I, I, after that, I, I, you know, thank you, you know. And then I feel like I peaked. It was no big deal. It was no no big deal. deal. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like I peaked and I didn't really need to go on another show. But Hartford always is a show. And I will tell you. I disagree. When when you get a good show like that, I'm chasing the next show. I'm going to the next show. I'm not like, okay, guys, I'm good for a while. Nope. I'm like, where are they next? (laughs) Wow, they they actually, they did it. They did it. Let's keep going. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Well, I put in the work and I I will say it is work mentally and physically to get on that rail on Hartford. Um, um, and uh, with our, you like literally work. You got a train. You got. I mean, you really. <laughs> I really worked for yeah. that, and it is thanks to our friends and our favorite listeners, Emily and Anthony. Um, and uh, yeah, got on that rail, and so I'm on the rail. No one's in front of me. I'm just sitting there drinking a beer with my pod that Jane likes koozie, and off. On comes the band, and they open this show with a song that Jane likes. I come back again. Touching time, talking rhymes, and I'll come back again. That was an epic moment. When was the last time they played opened the show with the song that Jane likes? I just it was. 2016. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's because of us, guys, but I'm just saying. I'm say that was a cool surprise. <laughs> you know, 
in my head, I like to say it is because of us because it's easier. It's it's way more fun to live in a fantasy than reality, Absolutely. which is probably has nothing to do with us. <laughs> but it made me it's think so of cool. you, all of yeah. you. You all weren't Aww. there, and it made me think of you. Because remember, before you guys, I really didn't even like the song. <laughs> I know. So now I love part. it. Yeah, I. It was such a. It was such a. Ah, it was such an experience. So so much fun. Um. I think probably the highlight is obviously when you're that close, it's the whole show mm-hmm. in some ways, but, um, what song really stuck out to you? Well, honestly, the song that Jane likes, but then, hmm. um, <laughs> we're going to talk about this at some point. I bet you it's going to be a song debate, but I loved after everything. <laughs> I thought okay. it was fun. I will tell you that, um, the say goodbye, shake me like a monkey encore. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise. Yeah. And that say was goodbye cool. in the encore was mm-hmm. uh was definitely as i was watching at home and there were also a couple of notes of number 40 yeah i like a couple like, of notes yeah i need to notes. i haven't heard a recording yet but i need to know how long of a number 40 yep. they got like when number 40 gets played you know like that's a like, exactly that's, that's why you go to deal. the next show that's, that's why yeah you go. exactly mm-hmm. exactly it the was really almanac, just time time wise uh the almanac has it clocked in at 27 seconds oh wow. that's pretty significant yeah I don't know. I mean, as soon That's as a I... couple tables turned again. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> like, think there was any table? lyrics. Oh, I think there was lyrics. We're gonna I mean, go, I... we're going to have to go back right, and listen. We need to. Yeah, we yeah. need to. to we heard some drumming. strumming, some rumbling, some cheers. And by the time I got my phone out, it was done. So, oh. uh, you know, okay. it was it was. But it you was see, here's short. the thing. If I'm getting but... a, if somebody's teasing 40 and then they're going to go in and say goodbye. I am. I am. happy. I'm all in. All in. You know, another song highlight I would say was um, again, Virginia in the Rain. Mm. I just think that they're killing that vibe. one this year. It's they're so killing good. that song, yeah. and definitely, um, yeah, yeah. I got a uh, typical situation, which is always a joy mm-hmm. to have. Right. So, all around, great show there. Yeah, too. it was. A, it was a good set. It was, you know, like first half a little standard for this year. Nothing wrong with that. But then it, then second half, it just kind of really went in a couple different directions and I love, I love that. Totally. Um, they played walk around the moon again mm-hmm. and I, you know, had just heard it in forest hills, but then after that, he's like, I had a lot of fun singing that. Like, I think they're having a lot of fun yeah. with that song right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, all around great show. I never want to miss a Hartford show. Never miss, never miss, never miss, a Hartford Hartford never miss going to the armpit. Okay. Armpit uh-huh. of no, it really is New England. It really is like the, the weirdest <laughs> venue on the planet. It's like you. It's it's no, there's no like nice scenery. It's just like no. like Reminds a bunch of Camden. It's, it's like yeah, the exactly opposite. Yeah. It's just a bunch of like uh, businesses and car dealerships and a Jiffy Lube and a Midas tires and you're parking in their parking it. lots. And, <laughs> and all the parking like, lots are like all the dirty like rock. Other than oh. not tar, yeah. you know, it's like and, and never, never have I seen more counterfeit tickets. Oh like, yeah, in oh. my life, but people also, driving up or offering tickets and uh-huh. like it is, it is something to behold. There's also if you don't park in, uh, if you park in any of these like Jiffy Lube lots or whatever, mm-hmm. like you got to walk ahead of you. You got like, oh, yeah. you got to go over this like yep. overpass yeah. and like, Oh, it, it also, is home of the, the place. of the, of probably the best lot t-shirts you're going to get. 
I yeah, think I sure. feel like I've all of my favorite tie dye lot shirts are from Hartford. And yeah. I re- I've been going to Hartford since 1998. And I will say that it's a very nostalgic venue for me because I do feel like I've been going there mm-hmm. since I was a child. So right. like, it's the Connecticut stank. Let's yeah, it's just like there's something of there's something that feels very nostalgic about it, even though it's just gross. Like it's still like <laughs> and they always kill it. They always Yeah, they always for whatever reason play a great very set. good yep. show there. And yeah. I don't think there's like a curfew, shows. so they'll go late, like they don't care. Yeah. Like I it's just there's something to be said for Hartford as gross as it is. <laughs> I went to twenty two shows last year. Mm-hmm. which was actually a really crazy time that yeah, I did. And Hartford was my favorite. So that's why I went back. Of again. course it was. Yeah. Of course I, get it. Was. Of course I had to it go was. back. Yeah. It was a great set. I just throw in. I want to add in that um, between Forest Hills and Hartford, we got back to back nights of looking for a vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's noteworthy that looking for a vein started out. Uh, the first four or five performances were, in in an yeah, encore right. and i think we talked a lot about the fact that it um sound wise maybe could end up being a song that just slips into an e1 slot and and that's the only place we will see it and that has mm-hmm. happened to songs over time now fast forward we're you know uh a, a number of shows into the tour and i think it's it's pretty great that looking for a vein is like really versatile and Absolutely. and you can find it anywhere mm-hmm. you can yeah, find right. it in an encore you can find it outside of an encore you could find it yep. mid set forest hills and it I was more in the beginning and and hartford it was more towards the end so it's like yeah really, yeah, yeah i think it's i think yeah. it's great we we've talked about um this a number of times that you know one of those things that the more shows you go to the the things that you chase are not knowing what's next you know, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that um, Looking for a Vein, one of the stronger songs on the album, hasn't fallen into, you know, that trap of just having one location, I think is is great. And it just, it, it, it turns it into a song I want to keep hearing over and over again, because you don't know where it's going to pop up. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, um, we will have out to you shortly um, over the next little bit, uh, our pod that Jane likes, Walk Around the Moon album review. Um, yeah. We have taken our time with this. We didn't want to necessarily rush this out because um, we all felt like we needed uh, not just several, but s- several hundred, several dozen, whatever right. <laughs> listens to be able to give you our, um, you know, our thoughts on this. And so that's going to be coming out. Uh, I can't wait to break it down. I really, really can't wait to break it down with you. I have some, I have have very different feelings on a lot of things than I did right at the beginning, which is what I was hoping would happen Mm -hmm. because um, it, uh, you know, you get excited, you listen and, you know, hearing songs live and going back and doing multiple listens on, um, you know, just sort of sitting with a song for, for a while, Uh, you know, we're going to try to do as deep a dive as we've done with the other albums that we've reviewed so far. And so it really is interesting to hear them live and, you know, it gives you some new appreciation for, um, for different things. Um, So, uh, so with all that being said, uh, we have uh, a big week coming up for, uh, for all of us. Um, I'm going to puff out my chest a little bit and finish the DD <laughs> conversation right now and say that I have the next show, <laughs> which is this Saturday 
in Mansfield, oh, right. uh, which I'm not happy about. Not no, happy no, about right. it. Happy. Oh, I'm okay. I'm going. If you see Matt at Mansfield, <laughs> hug him. Yeah. Say, I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> yeah. So I will be in Mansfield Saturday night. Uh, I'm looking forward to it based on the, you know, the sets from, from last week. Um, you know, Dave usually brings it almost as hard as he does for Hartford and Mansfield, which uh, I will definitely accept uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday night. But the other big thing that happens this week is uh, the bus is coming by and we're all getting on. We're jumping on the bus. We're jumping on the bus. We're all going to see Dead & Company in Philadelphia. If you're listening to this on Thursday when it drops uh, tonight, we are all going to see Dead & Company. And uh, I am so pumped. Uh, I have a huge space in my heart and my soul for dead and company. Um, and I can't wait. So, uh, we're all going to be there in Philly. And then Jeanette and I are going to continue on to city field and Fenway Mm -hmm. and it's going to be great. Can't wait. And we, and we really, really hope we get them back. We hope this podcast continues. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) We might, you guys might get on the bus to city field with us. I don't know. You'll see. You never know. We'll see. The pod that John likes, episode 36. <laughs> Jeanette and I are going to, to hell in a bucket, but at least we're enjoying the ride. Sure are. <laughs> Matt and I Matt um, and I really do. We, we have separate conversations about Dead and Company, but so we're really, really looking forward to having Trisha and Sean join us at a Dead and Company show because I don't believe either of them have been to one yet. Um, no, so you really, guys are talking really on the side like, without us? What, just about Dead and Company. About? Mm-hmm. Just about that. I feel very left out. <laughs> <laughs> no, super excited. Obviously, because I'm, a, you know, I grew up at Grateful Dead, but John Mayer, I can't wait. And we're all in the pit. I mean, I think it's going to be a really enjoyable yeah. night. So it's going to be awesome. Um, very excited. Just stay tuned for potential alternate format. Yeah, next episode. Alternate alternate format, episode 36, alternate format. (laughs) Jeanette and Matt are at Dead and Company, so uh, Sean's going to be playing drums tonight, and (laughs) Trisha's going to be singing. Welcome to the Gorge. But yeah, that about does it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we had a great time breaking down this this huge week for us, for DMV. And um, we may never be the same after this Thursday night, but uh, <laughs> we will see you on the flip side. See you on the road. See you on the road, guys. Come